Hello and welcome to the first racing coast-to-coast pick five show for Sunday, March 5th. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn Bunker once again, and happy to be joined once again by a man coming to us from the planet Texas. He is Jonathan Kinch and JK, how are you? I'm well, sir. I'm well. I'm, uh, it's a beautiful weather here in the planet Texas. Let me tell you real quick, just so I can make you feel bad about it. So <laughs> It's a wonderful 68 degrees. Oof, lovely. Well, I'll tell you what, it's fine here, but I'm sure you're aware of what's going on up in Saratoga. Yes, we we, we got out of town just in time for that. <laughs> uh, so. But I will tell you this, Pete, I, I, this is a complete aside, which we said we weren't going to do. But well, no, that's okay. Why. We love it. Yesterday we flew and to Austin and... G doesn't love flying. She's not like, you know, and I'm, I've flown so much. I'm obviously kind of used to it. She still gets a little, uh, yesterday was the, I fought, I remember in a three year span, I took off like 338 times. Like I fly. It was one of the worst turbulences yesterday I have ever experienced. Ugh, gross. And like, well, and I, but I'm trying to play it cool. <laughs> right. Right. When you're with a nervous well, flyer, you can't let on that yeah. you're getting, you know, bummed. Ooh, man, it was tough. It must have been the same storm that had that uh, uh, flight from Austin to, to to Germany with with Matthew McConaughey's wife on it that they had to emergency land because the turbulence was so bad a day and a half ago. So, anyways, uh, if, if anyone was flying yesterday and put in the comments here how if you had any turbulence as well, yeah, we want to hear. We want we want to hear your 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 flying stories. Yeah, you're back to flying as much as you you did when you had flight benefits. It seems. I know, I know. It's a little bit more expensive this time around. So we're going to get into these races in a minute, but I did just want to take a minute to say how much you've been crushing it with JK plus one. Um, I, I felt like your interviewing skills with uh, Mr. Asmussen this week, they, they just they just keep getting better and better. How much fun was that to do with a man who is not known for always being the easiest interview? Yeah, well, like Brendan Walsh the, the week before that, not, not that he's a, a hard interview. He's a great interview, but he's quiet, more reserved type. He's not one of those, you know, kind of boisterous people that – that you got, you know, like Bob Baffert and Chad, you can talk to them for, for, you know, they love to talk or whatever. Um, and then Steve, it's like, I don't know. It's like, he, he has this reputation for like, you got to catch him at the right time. And I don't know. I mean, he couldn't have been more gracious with his time. You know, he caught him in the car, which I think was, I was never going to say no to that because you, you have, you know, you have his attention, but he was, he was funny. Um, I thought the bit about curling when he got emotional was like, wildly interesting to hear. Um, and, and I think a lot of the things that I heard him say throughout that podcast that I didn't know, make me realize why he has won 10,000 races. Um, he's a person who pays a lot of attention and he cares deeply about his horses. And, uh, it actually kind of makes some of the stuff that he had found himself into a few years ago, kind of silly to me Mm -hmm. because he loves his horses. And that's not the first time I've heard that from people who've who've been around that operation. Well, great work. Keep the great work coming because, uh, you know, I know you I've seen your list and I know that there's there's some more good stuff happening and, and, and coming up. And, you know, I do want to put in one plug and I don't want to you know get too into this topic on this show. But that mental health show that you did a couple of weeks back is another one that I just think anybody in the game needs to play like you should point out to somebody who needs it or even somebody who doesn't necessarily need it. You don't even know, but just everybody should listen to that show because this is an issue that has been, um, it's never been more important and it's been 
you know, under the radar and like almost people afraid to talk about for a long time. And I thought it was a smart and brave play that you put it out there. And it's just kind of tragic how timely it ended up being as well. Yeah, I texted Richie and Lafitte and I said, unfortunately, I think we have an evergreen topic uh, that we covered. Um, and, I, and I don't mean that tongue in cheek. It's just like, man, no. shit. like it's like it sucks that that this isn't something we could just talk about once and move on. It's, it's, it's a conversation that's going to have to continue to happen. And, um, you know, I, I'm proud that especially on this network and like, you know, I'm proud that I've never really attacked riders like I you know I think the one time I, I actually was vocal about a rider like that like you know I mean I've made fun of like riders at the top like you know made fun of like when I had this little thing that Flavian wasn't good which was obviously ridiculous <laughs> and I've talked about that 900 times not your best opinion. but the only time I ever kind of ever went at a rider and I didn't really go at a rider I just said that Flo's ride on that Philly travel column wasn't good in 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 at fairgrounds Flo DM'd me that I was right and we've had dinner seven times since. Right. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's just not, I, I just, it's just, their job is hard enough as it is. Yeah. And as analysts, again, I'm not saying that doesn't mean we can't talk about it and we can't say what we thought. Like, I'm, they don't have to be treated with kid gloves, but especially people on their way up, like, understand what's involved. And, and there should be, there should be more, a little bit more underlying respect. These aren't, I don't know. Maybe this is right. Maybe this is wrong topic for another podcast, but you know, I don't feel like it's the same as uh, I'll say whatever about some ball player making, you know, seven figures. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a little more sensitivity needed in this situation for a variety of reasons. Maybe I'm right. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong about yeah, that. Yeah. Like, like for, yeah. I mean like, you know, I mean, Irad and Jose and Joel and Mike Smith and Johnny and those guys, you know, I'm still not cutting in line to give them a hard time, but they can handle it. Right. I mean, they're, they're going home to, 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 to to significantly better circumstances than the lower level riders who are not making millions of dollars. Yeah. They're and making they're the living. risking their lives. Even if you're making seven right. figures as a rider, you're you're like out there risking your life in a way where I would talk about it a little bit differently than a guy that just can't recognize uh, the changeup. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's 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 tough. But I, you know, I probably wouldn't pick on the guy who's in in double A ball on a charter bus either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, no, that's away right. from the that's family, right. you know, it's, 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 it, you're right. I, and I, if you hadn't had a chance to listen to it, but I think more importantly, and one of the things that we wanted to get across, and then we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, these races is like, uh, it's, it's not just racing. It's just, we happen to work in racing. Like it's, it's, if you have a brother who's going through it, reach out to your brother, encourage your brother to, to, to get some help, make it a safe place for them to go to therapy, go with them to therapy. I've had a friend who was so scared to go to therapy. I went with them the first time to therapy, like, or, and then if it's you just you go and use an alias, I don't give a damn. No one's going to tell on you. Just go and talk to someone and try to work through whatever it is. That's uh, that's bugging you. That's all that, that was the main thing. And not to be scared of it, to work through it and not to judge people who are going through it. I think that's the, that's the key message, and it doesn't matter if you're on top. And to that, the, the, to the reverse of the point I made before, it doesn't matter. You can seem like you're on top of the world, and these things, you know, eat away at you, and they're just as they're just as serious. So, 
I guess my ball player comment was just more like making these flippant little remarks. You, yeah. they, they can just as easily be dealing with, uh, you know, life crippling, life threatening um, yeah. forms of this stuff. And look, and here's the other thing too. I'll just say this: you can, you can, you can make fun of Irad Ortiz all day you want with your buddies in your group chat and your group text. You can call him a moron. You can say all the things you want. But I think when you start feeling like you need to declare your opinion publicly in a way that it can be consumed by that person or encourage other people to push that narrative. It's like, just, you don't, you're not that important. Just keep it to yourself. Starts to sound a bit like bullying in that other context, even, even uh, despite the fame of the target. All right. We're here to talk about horse specific five horse races. If you can believe it based on the first 10 minutes of this show, but I think that's important stuff. And I wanted to get it out there. We're going to start though, talking about, uh, we got some stakes to talk about on this Sunday. And we're going to begin with the Santa Isabel, three-year-old Phillies, grade three, going a mile and a 16th out there in California. 4.31, the scheduled post time for this event. JK, how do you want to light this candle? This is kind of a fun sequence for me. There's a couple of horses in here that are interesting because when I did that phasic Tipton thing uh, at Timonium last year, when, you know, JK buys his first horse and I, you know, I went through the process and they, a documentary that the, the Hennigan brothers were filming that I, I'm sure will come out at some point. A, a couple of these horses were involved in that process. Faiza was the Gervin filly that we bid on uh, up into the 700s and eventually uh, bowed out, and we we really were the underbidder on FISA, and, and and Bob Baffert uh, picked up FISA. Um, so I've been following her throughout her career. She's not very fast. She's not running fast numbers, but I will say this: before her last start, I asked Baffert if he liked her, and he said, "I do very much, but the track has been very deep this week, and I'm a little concerned she's going to get tired." And that's exactly what happened. She won. But she did get tired. So I don't know if the track's going to be deep or not, but I do think that she's not an invincible type. And I think that her speed figures can kind of prove that. I'm going to use her because she could just jump up and be that special horse that I think that they thought she would always be. Um, but I got to use and tell me no lies as well for Peter Miller, who who has some numbers as a two-year-old that are com- that are comparable to what Fies ran. And tell me no lies has never run against Fies. So I, I'm I'm going to use both of them as a horses and I'll use blessed touch the three as a B horse, just because that number and the second career start is seems to stand out mm-hmm. and I don't trust it, but I think it might be real. Okay. Six and two on the top line, three in the back line. I put blessed touch on top, just thinking that uh, she had some, the worst of the trips last time, potentially. And that's hoping that the new rider maybe handles her a bit more aggressively. And I think Pride of the Nile might be worth using too, has that form that ties in very closely with FISA and I think will just be a much better price. I was going to try to beat FISA, try to beat Justique and get started with those two. I probably, if I'm going to take that attitude, I I probably should take another look at And Tell Me No Lies as well. But from from here, I'm looking to trying to go 3-1 and just start this thing big. Again, I don't really have anything against FISA, but I just feel like we're very likely to be overbet off a big a big reputation but just not being as jk said who's a, b- a bigger fan than i am even um just not being that fast so two, two different approaches to kick things off at santa anita and with that we'll move back to gulf stream where we've got an allowance race going a mile and three eighths on the turf and this was a race where i felt like um there were a lot of interesting potential ways one could go i was going to put number one experienced on top um 
I just I love the blood for this test for this temple city, uh, Nuriev uh, Dam Sire, second off that incredibly long layoff, useful run up nearish to that fast pace last time. I like experience in this spot, well drawn as well. I was going to use the eight Howe Street. This is a huge test, first time against winners, but another one where I just I really like because the blood looks very interesting. The best sibling of House Street nearly won a two-mile race for Abreu. So I thought that was interesting. And then backup-wise, um, I thought trending. I mean, this 15-to-1 of the morning line that I just saw, that makes me interested as a potential backup for a horse that uh, I think could do better um, this time around going this distance. Coming off this big layoff, we'll see. But 15-to-1 just looked too big for that one. And then so high, I thought was a little bit interesting as well potentially um this is another just pedigree wise uh i mean obviously this horse has run uh, run this distance and farther so that's not really the angle but you know nathaniel and i remember this damn fugitive angel as well who was uh who i'm trying to remember it was shepherd i think it was shepherd not not grand motion but for strawbridge and um a little bit of a flaky angle there but i wanted to throw in as a double digit backup for for a horse with that that kind of breeding even though strawbridge and co gave up on this one um one eight on the top line, two and five on the back line for me. JK, what do you like? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have a strong opinion here. I'm, I'm going to just try to survive. I'm going to use the, the three Patow Road. Uh, you know, it's, it's Todd Pletcher. This horse was was, was expensive, $500,000 for Rapoli, and now finds himself going long on the grass. Sometimes they just got it. They just, they just, you know, big, talented horses, but they just don't have that turn a foot and they, and they don't really have what it takes to be a good dirt horse and they find themselves going long on the grass and sometimes that can work itself out the six grand journey i wanted to make sure i used uh the eight house street for the reasons you mentioned i think jorge abreu does an outstanding job the 10 dripping gold there, there was part of me that wanted to be aggressive and single those last two races going a mile and three eighths uh you know close up the paces that were honest I think dripping gold would be kind of an A press for me. Probably come back and try to get a little, a uh, little bit of extra on the ten. And then if the thirteen modern science draws in, I'll use that one as well. I agree with you about modern science. By the way, it comes out of that that form line with experience. I, I I'm going to list that one. I should have done that. That one needs some help to get into the race. Um, ten three six eight for JK with thirteen on the backup line, and we stay right here at um, Gulfstream for this very interesting and open 11th race. I say interesting and open, but there's a horse I really like in here. And that's number seven, King's Secret. Very tickled by this 20 to one morning line. I handicap without morning lines on this one. This was a horse, if you go back and you watch that trouble, caught money on debut for Brendan Walsh, who, you know, is pretty well known. His improved second out. Got this gorgeous pedigree. You go back and watch this race. This horse was probably going to win if not for that trouble um, deep into the lane. So I think uh, very, very interesting horse, especially for horizontals. And I'm very, very happy to press up the seven. In terms of backups, that's where I get very, very open. And I feel like um, there's just some obvious ones you want. The Clement, first-time starters, the eight. Um, I thought I, I wanted to use for sure Queen Picasso, the four. And then Chad Brown has the three utilization rate. Um, with some really interesting breeding and, you know, one that I think could obviously um, get the job done in this spot if ready to roll. And I might even throw Sunbee in there with uh, some valuable experience and a good draw for, for Graham motion. So this is one where, you know, I'll probably try to 
make most of my play through the seven, but you know, this isn't an 80% on King's Secret. It's probably a 40% on King's Secret and then 60% spreading the money around on these backups or or maybe 50% of the money through King's Secret. Well, you know, I'll figure it out when we get down to the bet writing points. But but this race is very, very interesting to me. Yeah, King's Secret is a day for me. Uh, I, I just have to kind of, you know, this is tough. You got to see what's going to happen with these firsters for Clement and Chad. I'd like to approach this where I single a King Seeker with a horse experience who, who I know can run. Um, and then we'll have to kind of let the other ones, if they beat me, they beat me. But I have to mention uh, written in the stars uh, towards the outside. Uh, that That's a, you know, I mentioned uh, horses that we were involved in. This is one that we did get. Um, and uh, black type thoroughbreds and, and, and look, she, she was talented. She showed a lot of talent. She was just trying to work it all out, figure it all out. She ran at Saratoga and got hit in an extremely fast pace. She kind of stuck around okay. She's got some talent. I mean, I have to use her at least defensively just because I know a little bit too much about her. Uh, I mean, she probably should be 30 to 1, but I think if you're looking for a long shot to include, maybe she's one you can keep in the mix. That's interesting. A note about this race. So you will be able to see doubles into this race. So I I don't know if they did that deliberately, but if they did, it's brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> you know, be even better if the 10th and the 11th were flipped here. But before before you have to make the bet on the third, you'll at least get some uh, at Santa. You'll at least get some ability to take a look at those firsters. Are there any of the firsters, JK, who you know will be on your tickets or is it all going to be just based on what the what the board is doing for you? Uh, I mean, Chad, Chad said he likes his, but I, you know, I. Yeah, we got to see. I mean, he also has the level of saying he loves too. So take yeah. that for what it's worth. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm going to list the, I'm going to list the 10 and the three as backups to the seven for you. If you're good with that. That's fine. All right. Let's go back to Santa Anita for their fifth race. And we've got uh, some, some stakes action going down the hill. If I'm remembering the race correctly. Yeah. It's the San Simeon. And uh, we've got uh, an interesting assortment going forward in here where I was thinking that uh, Brickyard Ride just looked like the speed of the speed. You know, this is a, down, a dual surface performer who likes the downhill with that uh, blazing speed. And then Motorious, I needed as well, very much against the flow of things last time and has that super fast run down the hill, two back. I was going to try to get out one and five. JK, what do you like in here? It's all I need. Uh, I love Brickyard Ride. Uh, in fact, I just think he's extremely dangerous the way that he can kind of open up coming down the hill and he's got a, a, a massive turn of foot and he, he's kind of got that mile or type. Remember he won that mile race. that's his now on the dirt. So this shouldn't be a problem for him. He's done well down the hill before best speed brickyard ride, best closer, notorious only two. I need. All right. We're in lockstep there. Uh, exactly the same approach. One more race to talk about in the show. And once again, we've got a downhill race. That is a stake, the baffle with a hundred thousand dollar in the pot for these three-year-old Colts and uh, a nice looking field assembled. JK, I'll ask you the key question. How are we going to get paid? Yeah, I feel like I can lock this race up with three horses. Um, uh, the, the rail first piece um, had a, had some good numbers as a two-year-old. And if they can kind of improve off of that, it uh, should be extremely dangerous. And, and I feel the same way about uh, – wait, was that Johannes? Is that what we're doing with that one, the three? Johannes, I'm going to say. Johannes. Okay, well, that sounds good too. Another one who's got a fast number, finally getting on the turf in the fourth career start, ran extremely well, opened up by nine. 
Uh, that's hard to do in a turf sprint. This horse has a ton of talent. And if they can kind of uh, transfer that to the three-year-old year, which doesn't seem to be an issue, I think that horse could be tough. And then Malibu Coast, uh, another one who I probably would use as a B horse um, who ran extremely well uh, towards the end of last year um, with a nice number, but probably a cut below those top two if they take another step forward. So I only needed two horses as A's, the one and the three. And then I'll use the, uh, what is that? One, seven. Two, three, seven as a B. We're very similar. I have the one and the seven as A's in this spot. I love the trip that I'm envisioning for first piece cutting back from that mile. And I think looking at pace figures seems like one should be suited by the, the cutback as well. I'm hoping we get a nice little stalk and pounce situation there. And as far as uh, Malibu Coast goes, I mean, it's really, you know, second verse, same as the first. Just seems like a horse in this race that has plenty of speed should be able to to sit and uh, and get to, and get the job done from there. Um, I had a couple of others I was going to mention as backups. I was wondering if Halotic couldn't be the best of speed. No, they've always loved this horse. They were hoping to, uh, I think they were hoping to get into the, to the Breeders' Cup um, with, with Halotic. And obviously different game going down the hill than these flat fives. But um, I, I just, I also, I'm just such a sucker for this pedigree for a turf sprint, the Cantharos out of the city zip. I was going to leave Halotic in as a little bit of a backup with Detori up and a chance to maybe be the best speed. And then I didn't mind the idea of me hermano Ramon in the spot either, who's already shown a very nice ability to handle the hill. And I like that. Uh, another, I just like the idea, sit in behind, make that move and uh, run them down in the lane potentially for that one. So we're in, we're, we're the same with the one and the seven and some other ideas of, of horses to throw in, in this competitive last race of the coast to coast pick five on Sunday. Any closing thoughts from you, JK, before we get out of here? No, that's it. Should be a fun weekend of racing. And, uh, just feel like we're getting closer and closer to the first Saturday in May. Yes, that's exactly right. And we're going to have a ton of coverage starting with, uh, you know, I almost feel like we're kicking off in earnest based on what happens with these key preps on Saturday that may have already happened by the time many people are listening to the show. But we're going to do a little recap show with video on Tuesday, me and JK. Who knows? Maybe we'll pull in Nick Tamro, but he might be on a plane somewhere as well. Between the two of you, I, I can't keep track of where you are. But uh, lots of coverage of the Derby coming up. Also encourage folks to check out all the write-ups over at InTheMoneyPodcast.com. Nick cut, does such a great job covering the New York circuit. John Pinder killing it in Florida. Dean out in California. And then Eric DeCoster and Eric Solomon doing a great job along the Triple Crown Trail. This is as good content as you'll find on racing anywhere in my opinion and it's all free and we don't even do ads really a couple of house ads but no, certainly nothing obnoxious like some other sites we won't name over at in the money anyway jk appreciate you appreciate pete rotundo aiden butler uh, jody vela gregory all our friends over at first racing tyler frausto um such a pleasure to work with them on this project and others this show's been a production of in the money media our business manager is breeders cup betting challenge champion drew codney our chief creative officer is that guy over there, Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. <laughs>